You are born of an incorruptible seed. You are born of the Spirit of God. You have been raised up with Christ in heavenly places and seated on the throne. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God and a member of his household. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. And today I want to tell you that you are a king and a queen. You are royalty in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is within a person, right? Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you. We have to get a right image of what God says about us on the inside because what's in here, God is reconciling to what's out here. It says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, And hath made us kings and priests unto God. He made it and were kings to him. And his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Often in today's age, people have a poor image on the inside of who they are. And remember, what's happening in here starts to make its way out here. When you have a poor self-image of yourself, becomes like a chain, a shackle, a prison that tells you what you can and what you cannot do in life. We look sometimes and reflect in the mirror of our soul and examine ourselves, and we find ourselves wanting. And so we put on masks to hide who we really are. But that's the lie. The lie is who you really are is not who you think you are. You are a new creation. You are born of an incorruptible seed. You are born of the Spirit of God. You have been raised up with Christ in heavenly places and seated on the throne. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God and a member of his household. But when we, when we have a poor self-image of ourselves, which Amer most Americans admit, most Americans admit when asked, they have a poor self-image. A recent study I read showed that young people had been asked to rate themselves on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. And most young people rated themselves somewhere between a 5 and a 6. Psychologists say that a poor self-image has some fruit, some, some uh, symptoms. When you have a poor self-image, you become socially inverted. Social, you're, you're averted to society. You have anxiety and emotional turmoil. A lot of times, bouts of depression can happen from having a poor self-esteem eating disorder, from having a poor self-image. You focus on the negative. You have an exaggerated concern about what other people think. You don't really think much of your own opinion, and you don't expect much out of life. Don't have a low self-image of yourself. It's taking you the wrong direction. Have the image of God on the inside. When you realize that you're a king and royalty on the inside, like he says, that world begins to reconcile itself on the outside. Daniel was a great prophet. We know the story of Daniel, but how his story started is interesting. The king of Babylon invaded Judah and took prisoner the nobles and the descendants of the king. And Daniel lived in Judah at the time. His parents were probably killed. It looks like he was probably a teenager at the time. And he was brought into the palace of the king of Babylon as a slave. But Daniel was raised in the palace. He had royalty mentality on the inside, nobility on the inside. 
It doesn't matter what out here is happening if you know who you are in here. Because what's out here will begin to change if you know and are fixed to the thing and the image that's inside of you. Daniel knew he was a king on the inside. It wasn't long until he was top. Help, that's impossible, by the way. But he was now helping lead Babylon with three other leaders. He had so much favor that many of the leaders around him invented a trap for him. They made it against the law by the king's command for him to pray. But of course, they knew Daniel would pray because he's Daniel. He's awesome like that. And they had him arrested, and he got the death penalty. Now, the king loved Daniel and didn't want to do this, but he was, his hands were really tied by the, by the laws of the land that he had made. And so he throws Daniel into the lion's den, goes to bed that night, has a hard time sleeping. He loves Daniel. He goes to the lion's den early in the morning before the sun even comes up, looks down in there, Daniel, you still alive? Daniel's like, yeah, I'm all right. God sent his angels and shut the mouths of the lions. Come on, somebody. And this is what the king said. He pulls Daniel out of that lion's den and he says this, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure till the end. Wait, what just happened? The God of Israel, the God of Daniel, just became the God of all of Babylon by the king's own decree. Everyone under my dominion. That's what the king said. Look what God's doing. This is called the ministry of reconciliation. Everything that's under Daniel actually belongs to the king of kings because Daniel is a king in God's kingdom. We're a king in God's kingdom, so everything under us belongs to God. Now, it might take a little time till it reconciles to God, but that is what's happening. And Daniel's not doing much to make this happen. He simply knows who he is on the inside. We don't see Daniel jumping through a bunch of hoops to make... To, he didn't kill the king that day to become a ruler, or instead he got promoted because why? Because he knew what he, what he had on the inside of him. And so that began to reconcile outside. And anything that's under him now comes, comes under the will of the king. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the process that's happening. And though Daniel's not doing anything significant, except for being his best, and holding on to faith in God, the kingdom of God is on a forceful advance. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is working on your behalf to make what's on the inside of you happen on the outside. God is moving. The kingdom of God on a forceful advance isn't Daniel on a forceful advance. It's the kingdom of God on a forceful advance. And that's the entire arsenal of all that is in heaven. All of the angels, all of the power, all of the glory, all of the dominion, and God, the Alpha and Omega, and Jesus Christ, the Word, and the author and perfecter of our faith, is moving on your behalf to make the image of what's on the inside of you happen out here. Somebody say amen. But then it says, and forceful men will take hold of it. That means I've got to cling to the image of the reality of the truth on the inside of me. And when I do, God reconciles not just Daniel to be a king in the land, to be a, a leader. And he kept finding that over and over again through all these different kings. Daniel would find himself on top again. Why? Because of what was in him. But also God became the king of the nation, and now God's will is able to be executed in that nation. Do you see the power of that? You say, but pastor, I don't see a lot changing in my life. 
You know, sometimes we feel like we got thrown in the lion's den. We got thrown in the pit. Here comes the bad report. Pastor, I got laid off. I'm in the lion's den. I didn't do anything wrong. Just like Daniel didn't do anything wrong. I'm in the pit. What happened? Where's my royalty? Where's my majesty? Where's my miracle? It's midnight, and I got a bunch of lions drooling all over me. Maybe you got a report that cancer's coming at you. Maybe you got a report. Maybe it's just a big storm all around you. Maybe a legal battle. Maybe I don't know what it is, but here's what I know for sure. Daniel held onto that image, and God can shut the mouth of cancer. He can shut the mouth of poverty. He can shut the mouth of the lions that are in the pit with you. Don't fear the pit. And what, is, what does God do then? He uses the pit to exalt and bring glory to his kingdom. And to, he uses the same tragedy to look like a death penalty for Daniel to bring the greatest victory of his life. Come on, somebody. God will pull you out of the pit. Your job is to hold on to that right image on the inside. And when you don't see anything happening, know that the unseen world is moving on your behalf. Just trust that God's up to something. I was just reading about the cicada it's, a, it's a, like a locust kind of bug. And there's swarms of these cicada, billions of them right now in 15 states across this nation. And they just came out in the last two weeks. And the thing about the cicada is nobody's seen the cicada for 17 years. They only come out once every 17 years, the cicada. Science knew they were coming, but most of us didn't know they were coming. And if you'd have lived around in one of those states, you'd have walked around, you'd have had no idea that they were even there. But here's the thing, even though you couldn't see the cicada for the last 17 years, they actually are living underground, waiting for the next 17 year anniversary to come out. They're just waiting. And just because you don't see them, and just because you don't hear them, does not mean that they are not there working. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Bible says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the things which are not seen. And so there are unseen things on the inside of you. The kingdom of God is an unseen world, but it is more real because the physical world is in submission to the world of the unseen. Somebody say amen. And what's in here, if you'll hold on to it, it will reconcile to what's out here. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18 says it like this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. Say no. See, when you have faith in it, it can become so clear to you that you know it. I know I'm a king. The hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. If we look in the mirror to get our self-image, man, sometimes, I tell you what, as you get older and older, I look in the mirror to get my self-image. This is not going to be a good self-image. I look, and I, especially in the morning, I wake up, ah, I scare myself. No, no, we can't get our image from our eyes, the physical world, or from our accomplishments, or from what the world says we are. We can't get our image of ourself or of our world from here, the eyes in our head. We need to be using the eyes of our heart, the eyes of faith, the eyes that peer into the kingdom of God and what God says about our world, because in that world, there is no sickness. In that world, you're already healed. In that world, you have uh, authority and rulership. And that's the authority and rulership that we pull from the kingdom of God and into our world. This last uh, week, my, my kids were all gone at camp. And so uh, there we were on Wednesday with the house all to ourselves. <laughs> and so I declared it Garden of Eden Wednesday. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. You're like... And so we went out and did landscaping. Because that's what you would do. You tend to keep the garden. In the Garden of Eden, God, God gave them a first command. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Say subdue. Subdue means to conquer, conquer it. 
And then he says, then have dominion over it. So you've got to conquer it, and then you have to have dominion over it. You have to rule it. You take it, and then you keep it. But no man was able to do this, right? Even over his own flesh, which is the earth, we have not been able to subdue our bodies. It, tell, it, uh, it rules over us. But Jesus was able to do it. He came down in the likeness of sinful man. He looked just like one of us and had a body just like us, but he subdued the earth, and then he ruled over it. And he did that on our behalf so that there might be authority. And the reminder to us is this, that when you serve in the kingdom of God under Christ as a king, you have authority. We should not be victim out here to our circumstance because in here you have authority over those things. You have authority over sickness. You have authority over the bills and the lack and the things that come at you. You have authority over the storms of life that you can say, peace, be still. Because in here, there's already peace. And in here, there's already joy. You have authority over depression, somebody. Anything that's not in the kingdom of heaven, you should not be experiencing in the kingdom of this earth. And so you have a thought. So this last two weeks ago, there was this woman. She came to a miracle service. Her name is Joyce, a faithful woman that volunteers here at the church and answers phones for us almost every day. And, and uh, she came. She's had a bulging disc in her neck and been wearing a neck brace. I'd seen her at, at the church office wearing this neck brace, and I'd talked to her about it. She'd been going to the doctor every day for, didn't want to have surgery. She didn't want to deal with that, but she'd been in the doctor every day. But she came that night, two weeks ago on a Sunday night, for our miracle service our prayer conference, and she was expecting to get healed. She had a different image painted on the inside of her. See, because what does it say in, in, in the Word of God? It says, he sent his word and it has healed you. So it's past tense. In here, you're already healed. You just have to take, get the right image. And she came in with the right image. I'm going to get healed tonight. And then Apostle Grace was like, hey, Pastor Jason, Pastor Scott, let's all go and pray for her. So we were walking around praying in the sanctuary for different people and just laying hands. Pastor Scott happens upon this woman with the neck brace, Joyce, and lays his hand on her and says, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then he, and then he moves on. She says, I've helped a pop in my neck. So she takes her neck, neck brace off, and she begins to move it around a little bit. And, okay, I've been healed. Apostle Grace calls for testimony, and different people are given testimony of the miracles that were happening in her life. She was one of them. And he said, take that neck brace and throw it right there on the platform because you'll never need it again. So she throws it on the platform, and she walks out. Next day, she goes to the doctor, and Right when her doctor sees her, he starts to berate her. Where's your neck brace? Why are you not wearing your neck brace? She says, well, my neck brace is probably back at the church on the platform still where I got healed. So he said, you got healed. And she said, yeah, I got healed. And he said, show me how healed you are. Move your head around. So she moves her head around and has no pain. He says, okay, well, let me see just how healed you are. Lay down on the examinationing table face down, and I will check you. So he checks, and oh, wow, you don't have a bulging disc anymore. And then he says... And then he says this. He says, and you used to have scoliosis, but you don't have scoliosis anymore. Your back is as straight as mine. Come on, put your hand in the air, Joyce. Come on. She got her healing. She had the right image. Pastor Scott had an understanding of his authority. The authority that comes from being a king in the kingdom of God and executing the commands and will of our Jesus. Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the enemy. So what was he doing? He was simply doing, Scott didn't heal nobody. He went over and executed the authority of a king from the will of the king of kings and saw the power come out. And any one of you 
has that same authority. That you can lay hands on your children today and say, no more anxiety, no more depression. You can lay hands on your children today and say, no more allergies in the name of Jesus. And you can stand in faith and believe by the authority that comes from Christ. Because in the invisible world, which is more powerful than the visible world, your children and you have already been healed. Somebody say amen. Joseph, when he was a very young man, and he was born 11th in his family, which kind of put him at the bottom of the food chain. Joseph was the son of Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. So that's where we get Joseph. And Joseph uh, was very deeply loved by his father, and his brothers hated him for that. But then Joseph had a dream that he was going to be a ruler one day, like a king, and that people would bow down before him. And his brothers hated him even more for the dream. Like, you're the least. Like, you're the 11th born. You don't get to have that kind of dream. So they sold him into slavery. And now the guy who was a king, see, Joseph was a king on the inside, was now a slave on the outside. But what happens is, is that what's on the inside matters more than what's on the outside. It doesn't matter where you're working right now. What's on the inside is what matters because it will reconcile to what's on the outside. It doesn't matter your position and status in the world right now. It doesn't matter your financial status right now because what's on the inside is what matters. Get the right image of yourself. You are a king. Okay. So he, he's, the Bible says that he became head of all of Potiphar's house. The guy who owns in Potiphar, he becomes head of the entire household of Potiphar. And then the Bible says this, and God blessed Potiphar because of Joseph. That's right. Because why? Because the dominion that is God's comes through the king on the planet. So Joseph is the king on the planet for God. Joseph is submitted to God's dominion. Therefore, everything that's under Potiphar is under God's dominion, and it has access to the blessing. In the same way, no matter where you work or where you go, whatever is put under you is under God and is under God's blessing. You don't own anything, but you are a steward over all that God puts you over. Somebody say amen. amen. And so... Joseph gets falsely accused. Now he's in prison, but of course he ends up to the head of prison. He interprets a couple of guys' dreams that are also in prison. They know the Pharaoh. Well, one of them ends up back in front of the Pharaoh again. Fast forward, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh's like the king of all of Egypt, right? And so Pharaoh has a dream. He's troubled by this dream, and nobody can interpret his dream. So this one guy comes to him. He's like, I met a guy in prison. He interpreted my dream. He could interpret your dream. So Pharaoh says, bring the dream guy to me. So they bring the dream guy to him. And Joseph interprets his dream. And Joseph says this, you're going to have seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine. And then Joseph says, now, if you take care of the years of prosperity and put some aside during the good years, like 20%, then you're going to prosper in the years of famine. You're going to be fine. The Pharaoh says this. I want to read it to you now. Genesis chapter 41 and verse 38. And the Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? See, what's on the inside? It's coming outside. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house, he means the nation, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Listen to the phrasing. This nation will be ruled according to your word. But Joseph is ruled according to God's word. So what just happened to the nation? Not only did Joseph reconcile himself back up to the top out of prison, God reconciled him back up to the top out of prison. Right? Joseph didn't make like a sword and have a breakout and go and slaughter the, like get the Pharaoh and take, there was a big coup. That's how the world would do it in the movies. Joseph was simply being his best and holding on to the image that was on the inside of him, not letting go of that dream, understanding I may be in prison, but I'm still a king on the inside. And then what happens? The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing what's on the inside of him. 
And because Joseph now has dominion over all of Egypt, God has dominion over all of Egypt. And God brings in the wealth of all the land into Egypt. And what's he doing? He's gathering this for his future kingdom. What do I mean? The Israelites, when they left 400 years later with Moses, they would take all that wealth with them. That's what the Bible says, that when they left, they took the gold and the riches of the land of Egypt when they left. That was all God's money anyways. See, God was getting ready to resource his kingdom. That's what he was up to with this whole entire story. And he also saved Joseph's family. He also saved Joseph's family. You know that when, when God has you, he has not just the stuff under you, but the people around you. It's true. There's a, there's a promise of God that says, I'm going to save you and your entire household. When, you, when Jesus got you and you entered into his kingdom, some spiritual pivoting that happened, not just for you, but for all those who are connected to you. Because now they're all on the pathway to the citizenship of the kingdom of God. And so what happens? Joseph's brothers come from a distant land and come into the kingdom and bow down with Joseph and come under that dominion, and they're saved in that land. In the same way, God is saving your entire household. Your job is to paint the right image on the inside of you, that he's chosen you and your entire house. Come on and give glory to God right now. It's a promise. The kingdom of God is on a forceful advance, and the entire arsenal of the armies of God are working for you. Psalms chapter 121 and verse 3 says it this way. He who watches over you will not slumber. God is working on your behalf. He is moving in a mighty way. He is bringing and reconciling everything that is under you into his kingdom. Your job is to not have a poor self-esteem anymore. It's time today for us just to be done with the poor self-image. It's time just to be done with it. Not going to drag it into your tomorrow. You're worried about today, and we worry about the outside appearance, and we worry about our accomplishments, and we worry about our abilities, and we let this define our image of who we are, but there's a, there's a greater truth. You have the mind of Christ. The greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. There's a greater truth that on the inside of you, you, you have the kingdom of God and that you're a king in that kingdom, that you're royalty. That truth is what matters. You know, Jesus, when he came to the planet, he showed us how it's done. Because he came in sinful flesh. He looked just like one of us, and the Bible says he wasn't much to look at. We wouldn't know much about him by what we look at. It says, it says it in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 2. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was born in a stable. He was born in a food-eating trough. He was a carpenter's son. You think this guy's going nowhere? What's he going to do? How's he going to change the world? It didn't matter what was on the outside, did it? There was a king on the inside. Somebody say amen. There was the spirit of God on the inside. And that same king that's on the inside of Jesus is the same king that's on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. We got to paint a right image of what's happening in our future and what God has done for us, that there is no poverty on the inside of me. It might be out here, but God is going to reconcile what's out here to what's on the inside. Those riches are coming, somebody say amen. And there is no sickness on the inside of here. There may be sickness out here, but God is reconciling what is on the inside to what is on the outside. And there is no pain and no broken hearts on the inside. 
inside of me in the kingdom of God. Healing has already come to my body, to my heart, to my mind, and to my family. It's on the inside of me. God has declared it born of an incorruptible seed, born of the Spirit of God, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, a member of God's household, reigning and ruling in life, raised up to seat on the throne with Jesus himself. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. I think we should just sing this song together. Stay on your feet. Let's just worship God for a moment. He's our champion. Somebody say amen. Because you are. You are my champion. Yes, come on. Giants fall some point or another with a poor self-image but we're leaving that here today let's just be done with it you know it might try and cut creep back in your mind but cast that thought down right when it comes don't meditate on it and say out loud no I'm a king I'm a king in the kingdom of God 
Just interrupt those thoughts with that phrase. I'm a king in the kingdom of God. Get a clear image of what that looks like. So let me pray. Father, I thank you for this word. And I thank you your word does not return void. And I thank you right now, Lord, that you are setting people free from a low self-image and a low self-esteem. Those places and those habits now are being cast down, those strongholds defeated in our minds. In the name of Jesus, I want you just, everybody just see that fall to the ground. It's off of you now. The Bible says to take off the old self. Just take it off. You don't need that. And put on the new self that is clothed in Christ Jesus. Created in the heavenlies, created in Christ to do good works. Thank you, Father. And I saw, I saw the Lord shut the mouth of the lions of cancer, of diabetes, of leukemia. I saw it. I saw it. It happened while I was preaching. And if you've gotten a bad report, someone online has been watching this and you got a bad report about leukemia. But the Lord has shut the mouth of that lion. It cannot destroy you. You've already won. And cancer as well. If you've gotten a bad report about cancer, somebody got a bad report about skin cancer just recently, just in the last week. But the Lord is shutting the mouth of that lion. He has sent his angels. It will have no dominion over you. It cannot touch you. You may be in there with it, but it will not win. God has already defeated that. Jesus already nailed it to the cross. Just receive that right now. Don't have doubt. Just receive it. He's speaking it to you. He's bringing this up. This is his word. Thank you, Father. Now receive that. Skin be healed. That by tonight, you'll look at your skin and it won't be there. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for watching. Let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity might look like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of salvation to anyone who would put their faith in His Son, Jesus. If you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, step into a new life and away from an old life, then say this prayer with me. Dear Father God, forgive me of sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, then you just stepped into an eternal life. Get involved in a good Bible-believing church. God bless you.